Hey, hey, welcome to the Church Home Podcast with Judah Smith, my amazing husband. My name is Chelsea, and he's about to give you an incredible message. And I know you're going to hear about Jesus and his love for you. And if there's anything we can do as a church home community, we would love to serve you. You can come to churchhome.org slash pastor chat, and we would love to have a conversation with you and just meet you exactly where you are. Enjoy the message. Have you ever had a desire to know Jesus more? Maybe that's a basic question. Maybe you're like, yeah, that's why I'm watching this content. That's why I'm engaged. Of course. So many of us, if not most of us watching this content or engaging right now here at Church Home, you want to grow spiritually. And in simpler terms, you, you want to know more about Jesus. You want to know Jesus Uh, You can imagine in my line of work and what I do, most people I end up texting with, calling with, voice memoing, FaceTiming, or meeting up with, the overall kind of sense is, you know, if if there is a God and his name is Jesus, I'd I'd sure like to get to know him. I'd like to see him more. Or maybe it's in the, for instance, of people who've known Jesus and been in church for a long time. And there's this craving. I just want to see him like I've never seen him before. I want to know him like I've never known him before. And uh, that, that seems to be a pretty prevalent thought amongst believers. And yet I found something interesting. Oftentimes, people feel like, what, what, what do I do? Now, if you've met with a pastor before or you've been on pastor chat, or you, you know, oftentimes the advice is read the Bible. Oftentimes the advice is pray. Oftentimes the advice is attend an actual physical church service. All kinds of things oftentimes will tell people, those being probably the three most prevalent, like if you wanna know Jesus more, do this. The title of this sermon today is Seven Ways to See Jesus, or I could say it this way, Seven Ways to Know Jesus More. I want to show you a sure way you can get to know Jesus. A sure way you can at least, I should say, get to know Jesus more. Get a perspective of him. Get an understanding of him you've never had before. Right? If you're like me, maybe you've grown up around Christianity, you've grown up around the Bible story, you've grown up around the concepts of different world religions, and maybe you feel somewhat familiar and you're like, ah, it's pretty good. And you know, you still peruse the Bible or attend a church service or say a prayer on your way to work, and you're kind of in, well, a stagnant place in your spiritual journey, kind of in that place where nothing seems real exciting or really alive, then this sermon is for you. I wanna help you. I wanna help you right now, the person who's watching this going, things have gotten a little stale. Now, in light of global events, there's a lot surrounding our everyday life. There is a lot. In fact, before we turn on the camera, someone pulled out their phone and spoke of another atrocity and tragedy that's happening somewhere in the world as we're recording this content. It's overwhelming, isn't it? And if you're like me, I kind of get weary, kind of get tired, kind of get stagnant. And you just go through the motions. Seven ways to see Jesus. Seven ways to know Jesus more. Now, 
You might be thinking, Judah's going to give us seven keys or seven steps or seven principles. Actually, I'm going to have to out myself right now. I'm not going to do any of that. So let me explain. Mark chapter 2 is a wonderful chapter, as is all the chapters in the Bible, right? I'm a preacher. I got to say it's a wonderful chapter. But it's a chapter really anchored around this idea of community, friendship, fellowship, connection. Uh, It's there, if you remember the story, that Jesus sees the faith of some friends who are very passionate about getting their paralyzed friend in front of Jesus. He says, because of their faith, I'm going to heal you. Evidently, your friends oftentimes can believe for you, believe with you, strengthen you in a way that you can't even strengthen yourself. You kind of see where I'm going, right? Seven ways to see Jesus. I want to talk about friendship. I want to talk about connection. I want to talk about community and how imperative and important it is just for the next few moments. There's this really intense scripture, I believe it's in Proverbs, a man who isolates himself, seeks his own desires, and rages against all wise counsel or judgment. Translation of that heavy-handed verse, when we isolate ourselves mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, we miss out. We actually begin to become stagnant set in our ways, opinionated. I've said this before, but our opinion becomes huge. Our opinion becomes massive. We get these massive opinions and this small amount of energy to listen and learn. When in fact, it should be the opposite. We keep our opinions small and our passion to listen and learn large and open and welcoming. But this is what happens. Now, isolation, is a really strong and heavy word that oftentimes people are like, I'm not, I don't isolate myself, but have you ever felt the need to withdraw? Have you ever in the middle of a party just gone into your room, sat there and thought, I'm tired of people. I'm tired of this. This is too much. Uh, as a pastor, sometimes I'm in the people business, so to speak, which is a crude way to say it, of course, but you just get tired of people. You just want to kind of pull away. You don't want to communicate. My wife will say, how you doing? And you want to go with, good. Uh, what are you excited about? A lot. You just start allowing yourself to disconnect with people. Allowing yourself space. And what we fail to recognize oftentimes is that actually keeps us from what we want. What we want is development. What we want is growth. What we want is progress. What we want is new vistas, new views, new perspectives on life. Things that invigorate us and impassion us and ignite in us a zeal for another day, another Thursday or another Monday, another Tuesday. Like you need this, but oftentimes we withdraw. It can be hurt, it can be pain, it can be exhaustion, it can be offense, it can be annoyance, it can be greed, it can be envy. Whatever it is, it causes us to pull away from friendship and relationship. What I've discovered and what's an interesting twist in Mark chapter 2 is not only do we see friends very prevalent in the healing of a man. Then we see Jesus befriending notoriously bad people, which is an interesting dynamic in friendship. And then Jesus teaches on the Sabbath, almost to insinuate that relationship and connection can produce incredible rest and reprieve. So I see it like this, when I'm weak, 
oftentimes my friends and community I'm in can be strong for me. That's such a benefit of marriage, frankly. Oftentimes when I'm upset, Chelsea's calm. When Chelsea's frazzled and upset, I can be calm and even. It's a perfect balance in relationship and community. Jesus said this, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You look up that word church, it means called out community. It means a group of people committed to living life with one another and Jesus at the center. He said, I'm gonna build that. I'm gonna promote that. I'm gonna instill that. I'm gonna connect that. I'm gonna introduce people to each other so they can be connected. What we're building here at Church Home is not a content machine or a tech company or an app company. We are building a place where people can continue to connect with one another, anchored and centered to the story and person of Jesus. Well, why? It will produce a depth and a meaning and a fulfillment in your life that without relationship and without community, you frankly can't get any other way. And I'll end with this, and I'm not gonna leave you with enough content. You're gonna have to study it yourself. Revelation, the book of Revelation is a fascinating book and it's far beyond my understanding most of the time. But Revelation chapter one reveals these attributes of Jesus, right? Flames of fire in his eyes, feet like brass, a sword in his hand, all these uh, detailed attributes and portraits of the person of Jesus, it's extraordinary. And then something remarkable happens. In Revelation 2 and Revelation 3, we have, of course, these addresses to seven different churches, right? You got Laodicea, Philadelphia, Ephesus, the church in, in, in Ephesus, Ephesians as they're called, and a bunch of other churches that I don't totally know how to pronounce, but there's a lot of them in there. And what's interesting is that as the letter, this book, of, this revelation is written, you will notice that the seven different churches are said there's an emphasis of an attribute of Jesus that is uniquely different for all seven churches. Now this might sound a little dense and a little complicated, but the application, and I think the overall message, is actually quite simple and clear. Seven different churches have seven different revelations, if you will, of seven different attributes of Jesus. So what does this tell us? Well, it tells us a number of things about community. First of all, the church as a whole, there's gotta be lots of churches, and there is. And different churches have different perspectives on Jesus that all make up the beautiful, full portrait of who God is, but we need other churches. A lot of people, I sometimes over the years, I hear people say, we just need one church. Oh, we are one church, but we're in so many different expressions in different parts of the world, and that makes up something beautiful and wonderful. The book of Revelation proves that. But on a much more smaller scale in your life, in your day-to-day -day existence, amongst your friends and family, I wanna say it like this. You got seven friends, you have on your hands seven gifts, seven ways to see Jesus in your seven different friends. Now, if you're like Chelsea, my wife, 
She's never had seven close friends. It's just not her personality. She usually has about one or two, maybe three really close friends. So it's her personality. Now, I have a little bit more friends because I like to make intimate, close, passionate friends with a lot of people because I enjoy that. But the point is, your friends that you have are a wealth of wisdom and insight. And that's a big part of why we are in community. So we can see Jesus in a new and fresh way. You know what I love about my friends? Each one of my friends are in a different place in their journey with Jesus. Some just met him. Some have known him so long, they have to rekindle, rehearse, and revisit fresh passion and desire for him because they've been walking with him for so long. And yet every friend provides a perspective of Jesus I've never seen before. I'm concerned, I'll be honest, I'm concerned. The climate of our culture, speaking, if I can for a moment, of the Western world in which I live, so much of the climate of our culture is to be contentious, even cantankerous with one another. Someone says one thing, I push back and say another. Now, I think there's a time and place for heated debate, time and place for sharpening one another. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens another. I believe in that. But I also believe in confluence. I also believe in conversations that flow together as we speak of the wonderful ways of Jesus and all his beautiful attributes. For instance, you could have a friend who just went through a a financial crisis, and they discover Jesus is a provider. And maybe your headspace is Jesus needs to be a healer, but your friend is like, bro, Jesus helped me pay my bills. He's a provider. And maybe at that coffee lunch or that little coffee get together, you get to see again in a fresh way Jesus the provider because your friend is going through that in their life. We need each other. We need community. If you're like me during these times, I've never been more annoyed with friends, more annoyed with friendly opinions, more annoyed with everybody's opinion and perspective. And yet, we gotta remember, a lot of that is what Jesus encourages within community and relationship. We need one another's differing perspective. And I think when that happens, you have something beautiful and wonderful. The scripture says, How wonderful it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in a spirit of unity. Unity doesn't mean total agreement. It just means a connection around the big picture, the plot of the whole earth and the whole universe, and that there is a God and his name is Jesus, and he's wonderful. And food for thought, in Mark chapter two, Jesus also enjoys a meal with people who are yet to even believe in him. So this message, yes, it's about brothers and sisters who believe in Jesus getting together and encouraging each other, but it also speaks of listening, learning, and loving those who don't even know the saving, wonderful ways of Jesus. Well, we can learn from one another so much. Are you experiencing seven ways to see Jesus, 14 ways, three ways, five ways, 
All your relationships can add that. It's one of the reasons I'm a big believer in church, a big believer in community, and that is in fact exactly what we're building here at Church Home. I hope this is encouraging. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for the minutes and moments we share. God, help us to lean into relationships and friendships, to forgive, love, care, listen, and learn. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.